0: This is The Game of Life. Welcome to The Game of Life. I'm Gail Nelson, your host, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami. Happy to have in the studio with me today Raul Moas, Miami's program director for The Knight Foundation. Raul, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Thank you for having us, man.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure having you in the show. And Raul, one of the things we did back in September of 2018 is we started this podcast as mentoring podcast talking about just incredible relationships between Bigs, Littles, alumni bringing in donors, bringing in just community leaders as well. And I start every show because I want people to get to know. I mean, the the days of, you know, in this age of technology, which is cool, where you can text, email, and all of that, nothing beats just sitting down and just having a conversation face-to-face. So I want to start off with just getting to know Raul uh, and just tell us a little bit about your personal journey.
1: Yeah, totally. So I'm born and raised in Miami. I'm a native. Uh, I'm a native. Uh, We should have
0: a bell that's ding. They do exist.
1: (laughs) So my parents, like so many other uh, folks in Miami, emigrated from Cuba when they were young children in the 60s. Uh, my family uh, kind of uh, struggled through exile, set themselves up here, and, and made a life for themselves, right? So they lived out their version of the American dream here in, in Florida. Yes. Uh, my siblings uh, and I grew up here. I actually went to school here as well. I went to the University of Miami uh, twice over. I did an undergrad in accounting and finance and a master's in taxation. Um, as with other, in a Cuban household, especially a Cuban kind of exile household, um, you have like one of five options in terms of career. You can be like a financial professional. You can be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. And so I chose the financial accounting uh, route. Okay. Um, and, and it was a great language to learn, right? It was really helpful to, to have that in, in my pocket. But in no way, shape, or form did I find meaning and fulfillment out of the work. And so after a few years of practicing uh, at, a, at one of the big four accounting firms, I, uh, I did a reset. And so I, uh, I actually went to an NGO uh, that a couple of friends and I had had kind of joined uh, and helped kind of prop up called Roots of Hope. Okay, and it was a lot of uh, of young Cuban Americans who were looking to connect with their Cuban heritage, the Cuban roots. Um, it's a really polemic issue in Miami, right? Uh, the question of Cuba. Yes. And do you engage? Do you not? Do you visit? Do you not? Um, and for me, coming of age, uh, I was really interested in in kind of the almost like the visceral reaction that would happen when somebody would mention Cuba, and like my, my grandparents would get very, very, very emotional, and it was almost. Like, like there's something there, it's, it's not as black and white as it was explained to me when I was eight years old, right? Um, and so that kind of just set me off on a journey where I connected with my heritage, I was able to visit the island, connect with uh, friends and family there, and, and I spent about four years working to promote not only kind of interchange and, and exchanges between young Cubans and young Cuban Americans, uh, but help young Cubans on the island connect to each other uh, through technology. So we collected and sent out hardware, uh, help folks connect to the internet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and we also help them set up businesses, right? It was a thesis that uh, economic inclusion, economic kind of participation promotes other kinds of freedoms. Absolutely. And, and includes agency, right? It gives you a sense of, of, stakeholder, uh, uh, of stakeholder ownership in, in something, right? right? I'm a part of this. Yeah, exactly. And so um, especially in, in, on the island, young Cubans have a great sense of apathy for for their country. Uh, they don't believe that their country has necessarily afforded them any sort of possibility. And then all of a sudden when you say hey you can have a business i I care now i care whether the street in front of my business is paved because that means that people can access my business or not better i care about whether i have internet because it allows how i can engage my 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 customer base right um and so all of a sudden it creates agency right um and so that was was really interesting for me because it set me on this course of 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 working with entrepreneurs of building things I, i love to tinker i love to build um, and, and and that kind of, from there I, I joined an early stage kind of venture capital group. We were doing our angel and seed stage investing. And that really was kind of what, what I, I fell in love with. I love working with early stage companies. I love finding founders who have amazing ideas, amazing teams, uh, and are hungry, and are head down focused, uh, and helping them either through capital raising, through mentorship, uh, through connecting them with and growing their team. Uh, I love just seeing those companies grow. And so um, that kind of was was what the impetus behind uh, my joining the Knight Foundation, actually. It was that there's an ability and an opportunity in Miami to further build out a community of really impactful entrepreneurs. Um, we talk about economic development in really mythical terms, right? We have an economic development agency, and there's economic development marketing. And, and we talk about it in this very kind of grandiose in somewhat academic and cerebral ways, uh, fundamentally, right, the people who are doing economic development are entrepreneurs, right? They're hiring, That's right? right? Uh, they're the ones that are putting capital on the line. They're raising capital, deploying capital, hiring, creating uh, jobs. We should take our cues from them in terms of what their needs are. What does the market look like? Is it easier not to set up a company in Miami? Can you grow? Can you scale from 10 employees to 100 to 1,000 in South Florida? Uh, and so, uh, whether you're on the venture capital side or on the workforce development side or you're actually the entrepreneur or part of an early team, um, Knight Foundation uh, through our Miami Communities program is working to kind of build uh, the framework that helps all that happen um, take root and actually work out well uh, in, in South Florida.
0: That's wonderful. As we think about you know, the Knight Foundation, uh, obviously you've, you mentioned your journey. Are there some key initiatives that you're working on right now with the Knight Foundation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from a journalism perspective, which yes. is kind of in our DNA, we've just announced a $300 million commitment to American journalism Wonderful. through the lens of local news. Uh, American uh, kind of media today, journalism today, is is at a point of, of crisis. Uh, this is this predates any sort of kind of political discourse or, or rhetoric that kind of has emerged in the last few years. Right. Um, internet and and, and a lot of interesting kind of media innovations have also decimated the business model for traditional news. Um, And so local news is particularly hard hit. We see news deserts, areas that just don't have local news. Literally, there's nobody narrating or telling the story of what's happening in that place. Wow. Um, And we think that's actually really harmful for democracy. It is. And so we think the best thing we can do for democracy is to support uh, greater trust in media. And the way to do that is by defining literally new business models, new ways of engaging uh, and preparing and creating local news. Uh, so from a journalism perspective, we're really excited about how we can help prop uh, kind of move forward this question of trust media democracy. Like, Where do those things collide? Uh, and we think that we have some really interesting stuff in the works there. And, and to be honest, it, the $300 million is, is impressive and it's a significant commitment for the foundation. Uh, it's a real commitment. It's a doubling of what we had originally intended. Um, it's also a drop in the bucket, right? Um, a lot of my friends called afterwards and said, oh, congratulations, we're so happy. It's amazing that Knight is Knight is doing this, Knight is solving this. And I really quickly push back no, like This is not something that the Knight Foundation can fix in, on, on its own or solve on its own. This is for every single American who really does value our, 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 our system and our democracy. Everyone has to come to the table. Everyone has to find a way to do their part yeah. and, and engage on the topic. Uh, and so, so we're excited. We think that we have a really great uh, kind of uh, entry point and some awesome people to kind of uh, work with and behind there, um, and, and we're hopeful that there's a lot that can be done. Uh, more locally, right, on the communities front, our program here is focused on promoting high growth entrepreneurship, okay. uh, and we'll continue to kind of fund in that direction. <coughs> we're really excited because we're starting to see really positive indicators that what we've been funding is taking root and doing well. So you're seeing companies exit, you're seeing wealth creation happen, uh, and that wealth be reinvested back into community. Uh, Miami folks will will will, will share that Miami is more of a service-oriented economy, and and kind of our view is that service-oriented economies don't create wealth; they just simply transfer it. And so we do want to see wealth creation in Miami. Yes, we um, do. Wealth creation. Uh, I think the word wealth and today might have some sort of negative connotations in some political discourse. Um, we want to see wealth creation. We want to see Miami become a wealthier city. We also want to see that wealth more equ- equitably distributed, right? Uh, one of our core values is equity. Um, and so wealth creation in and of itself isn't a, a, a bad thing. We think it's a good thing. We want to see communities that are wealthier, that can invest and reinvest in themselves. Um, and so we're, we're, we're seeing that happen in Miami in a really interesting way. Uh, and I think the, the other piece that, that we were talking about before we, we came on was the question of talent. The kind of person who's choosing to be in Miami, who's choosing to make a bet on this city, is changing. We've, we've been phenomenal keeping bankers and attorneys and real estate developers uh kind of employed in miami for many many decades and that's a good thing Um, we've also been exporting a certain kind of talent Uh, we've been exporting folks that want to build companies of a different variant right Uh, that's shifting right not only is miami an interesting place to live today it's 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 in the last 15 years completely kind of blossomed and, and evolved um but globally you're seeing a lot of folks kind of say hey like I can choose where I build a company from. I'm gonna choose right. to do it from Miami. So, so on both fronts, kind of at a national level through our journalism work, big hairy audacious problem, big hairy audacious goals. We feel really confident that there's there's a there there uh, that 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 we're funding in the, the right direction, and we think there's there's positive indicators that we can solve for that. And in Miami, it, it's it's. To be very honest, I'm, I think I'm the most excited of, of everyone that's in town. I, 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 I also have a cool perch uh, to see it. I have a front row seat at it. But there's so many great things and so many awesome people that are choosing to build things out of Miami that I'm, I'm super bullish on the city.
0: Well, let me tell you something that's exciting. And it's speaking of investment, speaking mm-hmm. of uh, just the potential really made possible in this beautiful city. Uh, the Knight Foundation invested in Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Uh, you've given us a digital platform, the U Media Center, uh, located here in this building that exposes our young people, our littles uh, and bigs, yep. to the world of digital literacy so they can increase uh, their digital literacy as well. So, one, on behalf of the kids, thank you and the thank Knight Foundation for that, uh, for that platform, this platform that we build from every single day. Uh, why invest in Big Brothers, Big Sisters? All the great things that are going on in the city. Why make an investment in a company like Big Brothers Big Sisters?
1: So the foundation um, and the work at the foundation is, is, is incredibly privileged. Um, and, and it's an incredible kind of honor to, to be there. So it's, it's amazing that we get to work with you. So thank you for the work you do. Um, you all do the much heavier lifting than, than what we do. Um, from, a, from a kind of a, a Miami Communities Program perspective, what, and any I would even kind of step back and see from a foundation perspective as a whole, um, the question for us is really where is there leverage? right? At our investment level, where can we get the highest return on investment? In our case, we measure return on investment differently. Right? It's a social return on investment. Um, but we're looking for things that are already happening. We're looking for trends. We're looking for things that are sustainable and 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 have roots, right? We are most definitely the most risk tolerant kind of capital in, in the capital stack. We have the luxury of being very risk tolerant. Um, but we're also looking for things that are authentically taking place for trends, uh, for 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 anything that's already in place or happening that indicates that this isn't just a fad this really is where community wants to go right where community is elevating its true interest in a way that's that's based in market reality um and so when we get a partner with with groups like big brothers big sisters there's already an infrastructure in place right there's already this infrastructure of of not, not, not from a governance perspective right. and an office perspective but of a, a human capital infrastructure right there's bigs, littles there's obviously kind of uh, the, the management team behind it um, but there's already a network of folks uh, that are fairly kind of tightly uh, woven together um, and that now we're be able to say alright we're going to Deploy kind of within that network, right? Within that that ecosystem, within that community, we're able to deploy something different, right? Something that can totally live because there's already these things around it that'll 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 keep it alive, or that'll invest in it and develop it and evolve it. Uh, and I'm sure that what we planned for when we first kind of talked about it, and then what we actually issued the grant for, and what the thing is doing now, is are very different, right? And that's right. how it should be, and that's how right. it is. Um, but that's the idea, right? That this doesn't die after the the, the funding runs out because it's living within this really kind of fertile uh, community of of folks that care about it, are investing in it, are using it.
0: Not only from a foundation perspective have you all invested in big brothers, big sisters, but from a personal standpoint, you have invested uh, in the life of a child. Uh, And that word potential is a word we use all the time around here. Uh, We don't believe inherent inherent in every child. We do believe inherent in every child is that potential, that capacity, that ability to be whatever he or she wants to be. Uh, And you're a big brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so just tell us about your experience. But now here's the thing, this is a two-part question since you're in the advanced class on the podcast today, my friend. Uh, Not only your experience, but what you have learned through from this experience and also what you feel uh, you've been able to teach your sure. little. So talk to us.
1: Um, so my wife and I are a big couple's brothers match. big sisters uh, yes. to uh, Mario.
0: Shout out to your wife. Now call her wife. name. Now I want her to hear this. M- Melissa is Melissa, thank you, Melissa, for being a great big sister. Now you do your thing.
1: Yeah, yeah? no, no, no. So, so Melissa and I, uh, and I actually credit Melissa entirely on this one because um, so she's she's an educator. She works in the school system. Wonderful. Um, and she kind of is what, what makes the match work. <laughs> Um, because, <laughs> That's typically how it works, right? But go ahead. Um, because she's she because it's it's almost like it's it, it's her world. Yeah. Um, she is able to 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 do so much, right? Uh, in in building trust and building kind of of uh, a friendship, right, a mentorship uh, that 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 is that it's vibrant, right? Um, so we we have a two year old at home, but we matched with Mario four or five years now, and so this is before we had kids. Um, I to be honest, I'm not didn't think of myself initially as like the most relatable to like an eight year old, right? I was like, what am I gonna talk to this this kid about? I'd love to do this, please, let's let's find a way to make it work. Um, And they're like, well, we have this couples match, and I was like, 100%, like, yeah. Melissa and I will do this together. Yes. Um, And very quickly, uh, what emerged, I think, uh, and and for us, it was, for me, I guess, it was much more profound than for my wife, who works with kids all the time, um, was that you don't need to be a pro. You don't need to be an educator. You don't need to be particularly anything other than thoughtful yes. and humble uh, and attentive, right? And just listen. Um, and so it very quickly kind of just like my own kind of anxieties and concerns about am I good enough or am I even able to relate to somebody that just kind of fell by the wayside. My wife was amazing kind of cultivating it. Um, but but Mario is amazing. Uh, he um, What I've learned from Mario, um, what I've learned from his family really, right? Um, my grandparents emigrated to this country um, uh, from Cuba, as I mentioned earlier. Um, they l- lived through a very uh, traumatic kind of uh, experience. I don't have that same experience. I hear the stories, right? Uh, but I never witnessed it in the way that my parents witnessed it growing up. Um, Mario's family emigrated to this country, right? Mario's mom uh, is, is an immigrant uh, who, who works harder than I do. And anybody I know, uh, who seeks out the very best for her kids, um, whether it's from education or or, or programs like, like like she wants her children to thrive. Mm. Um, and what's been, what I've learned is is just a really great reminder. Is like as much as my own family's history, might echo that or mirror that that generational divide because I didn't witness it myself means that I somewhat, ap- I appreciate it immensely, but I, I don't really relate to it. But having a front row seat at, into Mario's world and his family's world and what that experience is like uh, has been profoundly humbling, right? It, it, it has reset for me, kind of or reminded me in many ways kind of what my own family's experience must have been like. And probably even harder, right? Because at that time, Miami wasn't uh, kind of the, the culturally the same as it is now, right? Right. Um, and so the acclimation is very different and, and all that. Um, so, so Mario and his family have been uh, instrumental in teaching me about perseverance, about humility, um, about dignity. To be very honest, um, and and constantly just improving on on what you have, being incredibly grateful for what you have, and and always seeking the better, right? Always uh, trusting that that there is better out there. Um, and I think in the last couple of years in particular, it's been um, it's been it's been painful. Actually, it's been painful, personally painful. Uh, to hear so many people um, villainize um, what an immigrant or a migrant uh, um, individual, an immigrant in this country, um, is 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 about or is is, uh, is seen as right. We, right. we talk about uh, some folks, not we, but some folks talk about immigrants as taking from us, um, or we say that there's no room anymore. Um, I disagree, right? And I have a front row seat into somebody who. Um, who literally is bettering herself every day and every looking day. for the best for her kids. We last time we spoke with her, she had, uh, let us know she got a new job. She was promoted. Um, so not only did she get a new job, but six months later she was promoted to be the manager in that role, right? She's constantly excelling. Um, she's got three boys, right? Mario's the youngest. And at each level, she's pushing her kids to do more and be better. Um, and so it's, it's just been a, a really, really amazing experience um, being uh, able to to not only kind of be reminded of what my own family went through, uh, to give me the life that I have and give me the privileges that I've been afforded. Um, but also to, to kind of um, kind of get out of the out of the headlines, right. It's so easy to fall into the headlines. When we consume news, um, we read the headlines and we almost like don't read three or four paragraphs down right We tweet things, we retweet things and most people who retweet an article never actually read it right They just read the headline a right. preview and, and push it out because they agreed with it or disagreed with it. even if the editor had completely mischaracterized the, the piece. Um, and so, so it's it's just it's been very humbling to kind of go beyond the headlines, right, and have somebody in your front row seat or have a front row seat to somebody's world, to have been invited into that world, right, to have been given the trust to be invited and, and be part of that world, um, and and it's it just been incredibly humbling to so be honest.
0: On so many levels, uh, first of all, to Mario's mom for trusting yeah. uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters to take care of challenge, encourage, support, coach, guide, you know, her child, Mario. But to you and Melissa as well, for that personal investment of your time. And the reason I asked in that particular order what it's done for you and Melissa, because oftentimes we hear, Raul, that people say, I signed up to help a child, but during this process, I'm getting more out of it, you know, as well. And so thank you to you and your wife uh, for being an incredible couples match. Uh, because at the end of the day, and for our listening audience, Roe's a big brother, his wife's a big sister, it's a couple's match. And, and so you talk about teaming up for a great cause, uh, and as people listen to this podcast, or whether it's or view it on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, as well, all the social media platforms, we're going to share this story. Uh, and it's potential made possible at the end of the day. Mario didn't need to be fixed. There wasn't anything wrong with him inherently, but we're just talking about a child whose mom wants the very best. That's not taking away anything from this country, quite frankly, enhancing, adding value, and really blessing all of us with just that work ethic uh, and the opportunity. And that's what mentoring does. I know there's somebody listening to this podcast today, 305-644-0066. Call and say, hey. You know, if you've heard in Michael Jordan's World Basketball, I want to be like Mike, just say, I want to be like Raul. I I want to be a big brother. Uh, I want to be like Melissa. I want to be a big sister. We can make that happen because there's kids like Mario throughout Miami, this incredible city uh, that need the support and the encouragement. 305-644-0066. Make that happen and keep investing in Miami. Raul, this is not only been, you are so sharp, so polished. Uh, but just so caring as well, and so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one last question. We just, this is a mentoring podcast. We heard about yeah. your personal journey. We d- heard about the incredible work you're doing with uh, and for the Knight Foundation here in Miami. We've t- we've talked about y- you and Melissa being incredible uh, couples match for your little your little brother Mario. But also, I got to ask you, who mentored you? Mm. Because I firmly believe, and not only is as uh, a servant leader here at Big Brothers Big Sisters but personally and professionally we all had that person that pushed us whether it's in the home or outside the home or combination uh that just helped us and just told us you can be better yeah let's 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 go to that next level so who mentored you Raul I know there's probably many but who comes to mind yeah, right
1: now I think three folks and that's a lot of folks but um <laughs> that's but at different right. stages I right? spent so high school across the board I, I um I tend to be a little mischievous. Um, <laughs> I love to, to provoke things and, 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 and form a little... That's a little what makes ha-ha. you effective. I like it. I like to stir things up. Um, but I had uh, a teacher in high school who who saw that, um, who saw that, that, that I, I, I really cared and who saw that I started to provoke, and, and, and he's the one who actually said, hey, would you consider uh, being a leader within uh, the service organization Key Club, within right. Key Club. at cool. Right. I of Key Club. Yeah. Um, and, I had never actually thought of myself as being in a leadership position. He's like, No, I, I really think you should be in a leadership position within Key Club next year. And so he's the first one to, to really tell me, Hey, um, you should think about doing something different other than just participating. You should think about it. What grade you know, were you? I like
0: connecting the dots here. What that grade was were you in 10th grade, man? 10th grade. grade yeah. And he's like, Okay, he saw you.
1: Yeah. And and I'd and so I, I done well academically and all that kind of stuff, and right. it was great and whatever. Um, but he's the one that, that said, Hey, You've been given a lot more as expected of you. That mm. was the first one. So th- nothing like Jesuit pedagogy to put you in your place. <laughs> um, but uh, always, always grounding at it. Um, yes. But but it was it was from that that first piece to whom more is is, is given more as expected. That's right. Um, and Luke so that twelve forty eight. And and then <laughs> from there, this notion of you should um, that how does that manifest? And of course, you gotta love the Jesuits, right? The Jesuits very much are like it's always questions. It never tells you what to do, right? They, they just ask you questions. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you think that looks like next year? It's like, all right, fine, I'll run. Um, and it was it was amazing because it forced me um, into really uncomfortable positions. Um, it forced me into interactions that I wasn't having before around how do I relate to peers uh, in, in ways regarding leadership. Um, and so that was the first one. My, my, I would say my wife is the second one. Uh, awesome. My wife doesn't put up with my... Um, my things. Yes, uh, she calls me out, and I think it's incredibly important to have somebody in your life who calls you out. Beautiful, right? That true love kind of calls out the 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 in a very caring, nurturing way the imperfections, the the opportunities to get better, to be better. Um, and she does it with such great Cuban American kind of uh, <laughs> spunk. Um, I gotta meet Melissa. Yeah, she's so. great, man. She's great. Um, but she she's uh, another one. And then I, d- I see lastly. Um, I participated in something called the Miami Fellows Program okay. out of the Miami Foundation. I yes. highly recommend it. Depending on when you guys listen to this, uh, applications are actually currently open for a few more weeks in 2019. So um, the Miami Fellows Program completely kind of remade how I perceived Miami and how I lived in my own city. Uh, and so for, for as part of that program, I was uh, given a mentor. Like you're actually given a mentor for the 16, 18-month experience. Okay, uh, And the mentor is uh, Juan Martinez, who's a CFO at Knight Foundation. And this was many moons ago before I even had started the angel investment world. They said, hey, listen, you're a CPA. He's a CPA. You're at a nonprofit. He works in philanthropy. Go and, and, and be mentor-mentee. A good um, match. <laughs> a good match, right? And so I was like, all right. Cool, let's, let's give this a go. And, and Juan is not only one of the most uh, kind and caring individuals that I know and smart and bright individuals I know, uh, but like my wife and like a good mentor, um, asks questions that provoke, right? Um, forces you to discern, never tells you what to do, but provokes you to d- really question and discern what it is that you're doing, that you want to be doing, that you should be doing, that you shouldn't be doing, um, and, and calls you out, right? Um, and so it's actually Juan Martinez who... Um, I, I went to one day, we were grabbing mon- monthly lunches, and this was way after Fellows. We just kept in touch and would and, and catch up regularly. And I, I walk into that lunch and I tell Juan, I'm like, hey, like, got this great idea. As soon as I leave the angel investment world, I'm going to raise a fund and I've got these people, they're going to give me money, and it's going to be amazing. Go uh, go VC. And, <laughs> and Juan, only in the way that a mentor and a friend, and, and he's a father as well, could very gently said, in, 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 other, in, 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 in some other terms, but effectively said, that's cute. Have you thought about this role at Night Foundation? Um, and I said, Juan, what are you talking about? Did you just not hear anything I said? I'm right, like, I'm excited. I I'm got excited a plan. about this plan that I have. <laughs> I'm hyper type A. Follow the plan, Juan. Um, and, and 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 Juan, uh, knowing a thing or two in life, says, that's a cute plan. It's a great plan. I really think you should consider this opportunity at Night Foundation. Um, can I tell Alberto Barguin, our CEO, that you're interested? And and I. I, as a, I think a semi-good mentee, said I should probably listen to the mentor. Accountability. Accountability, right? <laughs> and I said, yes, I'd love to. And then that set me off on this path wow. uh, to be where I'm at now. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm hyper type A, man. I, I love to plan things. It's the CPA in me, right? Understood. Like, uh, everything has to kind of balance out. Understood. Um, life doesn't work that way. And the best thing I think that we can do and that I can do for myself, uh, and that we can do is, as, as individuals who are hungry to grow and learn, to just surround ourselves with people who care, thats right, with the best of intentions, and who push us to be better, right? Who understand that we are all flawed, scarred, and, and complex people and beings, um, who all are trying to figure out our place in the world and figure out how to be the best version of ourselves. Of our if we can find the people who hold up the mirror and who force us to be better and who push us to be better, um, I think that's a really great place to kind of be in life. Um, and I've been really, really privileged to have that from my parents to, 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 to my wife, to educators, to mentors. Um, and I think that's entirely the reason that I'm even close to kind of being um, somewhat of a productive member of society.
0: Well, you certainly are that. And a very, very special thank you to all those who on Raul Moaz's journey have helped him. Melissa, uh, thanks for keeping him in check.
1: Full-time job. That
0: high school teacher who got you, put you in that leadership context and saw that leadership potential uh, in you as well. And certainly um, Juan Juan, uh, from the Knight Foundation as well who really – not only coach provided the mentorship and said, that's cute in so many words. Uh, well, what's cute and what's wonderful is the fact that everybody can do something. The cost of doing nothing is far too high. Mm-hmm. This mentoring podcast, the game of life, it's not a sports podcast by any means, but in the game of life, everybody makes the team. But how you play is up to you. And we're just so thankful to have had Ro Moss in the studio today. Uh, you certainly added value to this podcast. Uh, Your story personally and what you're doing professionally is blessing this community. So, brother, uh, I appreciate having you here today. Thank you so much. my pleasure. And so whenever we have a University of Miami hurricane on the show, we can only end the show in the (laughs) appropriate way. Let's go. Hey, this is Gale Nelson, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you.